Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. So I'm going to pick up where we left off in verse 8. We're talking about the same man of God, Elisha the prophet, who had started this school. And in the context of that message, in the building of the school, that was where we had the message on where the, one of the servants had lost his axe head. So now we go to verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. Hmm. Some things never change, do they? And he consulted with his servants, saying, that is the king of Syria, who was an enemy of Israel, my camp will be in such and such a place. I've decided to go put my, I'm, I'm going to establish my territory in the land of Israel. And the man of God, Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming in that place, down there. Then the king of Israel came to one of the places of which the man of God had told him. And thus he warned him, and he was watchful there. Not just once or twice, in other words, that is a, a gracious way of saying over and over again. He warned the king of Israel told what the man of God had told him to his servants to protect that land. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, can I tell you something? You, you understand this, don't you? The king of Syria was saying, I got a traitor in here. There's somebody in my inner core that's going out there and telling the Israelites what I'm about to do. I've got somebody who is telling them what's happening. Wouldn't it be exciting to always walk in such a place with the Lord, the King of Heaven, that He always stays one step ahead of the enemy in your life. Well, let's see what happened. So he, he was trying to question his servants. One of the servants, verse 12, said to the king, Nobody is betraying you, O my Lord. Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. He's got an inside track to all your decisions. He knows what you say. He knows what you're deciding and planning to do. And uh, he said it pretty graphically. He can hear you in your bedroom. He knows all your secrets. Boy, wouldn't it be exciting for the devil to be intimidated by the foreknowledge of the people who know the Lord? You say, well, that's just for prophets, Pastor. Well, the Word says in 1 Corinthians 14 
that all of us are to desire earnestly that we may prophesy. Something you should ask for. Amen. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. I want this Elisha. Bring him here to me, said the king of Syria. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan, or if you live in the south, Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early, now pay attention to this, he went out there and there was an army. He was looking in the natural. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master. In other words, oh my God. Oh no. What shall we do? You ever been there? You've been in that place where you just feel surrounded, where it looks like the enemies are going to have their way, where there is no chance you can't get healed, you can't keep your business going, you, you can't cause your family to act right, you, you are everything is going down. And he cried out to the man of God, his own spiritual leadership, what in the world are we going to do? And so, verse 16, the man of God, Elisha, said, do not fear. How many of you know fear is something you do? It's not something you feel. You can obey scared. Yeah, you can. You can have fear fighting in your mind and emotions and obey anyway. Fear is when you give in to it. Fear is something you do. Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now how much sense do you think that made at that particular moment to the servant? So Elisha didn't stop there. Then Elisha prayed. Prayed. And he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, the servant, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And the story goes on to say that Elisha prayed that the Lord would smite the Syrian soldiers with blindness, and he did. And Elisha led them to a place where they could have been captive and even killed by the king of Israel. But Elisha prayed for there to be compassion for his enemies and for them to come to the knowledge that the God of Israel was the true mighty God of heaven. Amen. Here's what I desire to minister to you today by God's grace, and that is that we should begin to pray, church, that God would open our eyes to what is really true 
The, the key to the impossible is the invisible. The key to your strength, the key to your success is not in what you see day to day. The key to your success is in that realm that is more real, more true than what you can see and hear. What you can see and hear and feel is subject to change. But that which is real, in, as Jeremiah said this morning, in the courts of heaven, that's where reality is. That's what moves heaven and earth. Whenever we feel like we're overwhelmed, the first thing we need to do is get our spiritual bearings. Our Father has said, recorded in His holy word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear, who respect and honor Him. Do you respect and honor the Lord, yes or no? Do you know you have at least one angel camped out around you 24-7? In fact, Hebrews 1 tells us in the New Testament that there is at least one, that they are, they are minister, fiery ministers sent to render service to those who will inherit salvation. Everybody say, that's me. Did you know in the unseen realm there are angels working on your behalf right now? It might be out here on 280 when you leave. God knows we need that. Amen? But let me ask you something. When you see something like that in the Word, do you believe it or do you believe your circumstances more than you believe what's going on in the unseen realm? We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. That which is according to the Word of God, that which is in the invisible realm is more real and more permanent than that which is in the visible realm which is subject to change. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Do you believe it? Do you believe that greater is he who is in you than he who has come against you in lawsuits or in, in business? Do you believe that he's greater than any issue or problem that you have? Greater is he. Do you believe you can do all things through him who gives you his inner strength? Do you really believe that you can speak to your mountain if you believe God? And your mountain will have to obey you if, you're, if you are speaking in line with the word and will and faith of God. Do you believe Jesus told the truth when he said, All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me? Do you believe that you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Do you believe that your assets and your provision is from a Father who is your true provider and every good and perfect gift comes from above? Do you believe it? Do you believe it more than your checkbook? Do you believe it more than your accounts? God help us. Open our eyes that we may see what are the keys to success? Very simply, three things. Find your calling. Connect with your covering. And discover your core. 
I said, find your calling, connect with your covering, and stay connected to your core. What do you mean by that? That's what the Lord gave me this week. Do you know that every one of us have a calling? You say, Pastor, if I knew what my calling was, I'd discover it. Your primary calling is relational, not vocational. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 with me, please. Ephesians chapter 1. Everybody say it with me. I have a calling from my Father in heaven. Open my eyes, Lord, and help me get it. Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 15. Therefore I say, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, in your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, watch this, that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding would be opened and that you may know what is the hope of His calling. Everybody say it with me. You use the gender that you're sitting there in right now, male or female, man or woman. Everybody say it with me. Ready? I am a called man or woman. Say it again. I am a called man or woman. This calling is greater than any, any calling you could ever. This is your primary calling. You are called as a son or daughter of your heavenly Father. You are called to that. People say, well, I'm just trying to find my calling. Your primary calling is a son or a daughter. Every one of you have a calling. Your Father has called you. Do you see it? Do you answer it? Everybody say, Father. I receive my calling. Open my heart that I may understand. But watch this. He wants you to get the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of what he's deposited in you as a saint? What is? Listen to this. This is part of your calling. That you may walk in the exceeding greatness of his power, which is available to all of us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I got resurrection power in me. And it's above all principalities and powers and world forces of this darkness and every name that is named. All things have been put under the feet of Jesus, and I am in Christ. He's given him to me as a member of his body, the church. I have a calling. That calling is that I might know him more intimately. Romans 1, 6 and 7 says, I'm called to be a holy person, a saint. You know what that is? Religion says a saint is somebody who's gone to these high levels of uh, just isolation and all they do is pray all the time. And No, no. A saint is literally translated in the Greek text as holy one. Do you know what real holiness is? 
Real holiness is being more and more conformed to the image of Jesus. Real holiness is not in some outward obedience to religious laws. Real holiness is not being in a place of judgmental rejection. Real holiness is an intimate walk with Jesus. That's real holiness. And we have been called, everybody say it with me, I have been called to a more intimate walk with Jesus. That's who God calls a holy person. The Word says, whom He preset a destination for. Everybody say, that's me. He also called. We're called to fellowship with Jesus and the grace of Christ. We're called to the peace of God. And we're called to the glory, the manifestation of the character of God. We're called to Jesus. The secondary calling that we have is vocational. I, I run into so many who say, well, I, <clears throat> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Do you know that God has designed all of us to be productive? Do you know that if you're disabled in your body, you can still have all kind of might and power in your spirit through prayer? Do you know right now there are people who are disabled but they move heaven and earth by their own spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication with the Father. So understand that God has called you. It's a secondary calling. His primary is relationship and intimacy with Him. But His secondary calling has to do with what you do. Ephesians 2 10 tells us that we have been saved by grace through faith, but we have also, that grace through faith reveals itself as his workmanship created for good works in Christ Jesus. If a man says he has faith but has not works, can that kind of faith save him? Secondary. So here's what I want to ask you. Do you know what your real calling is? Rod Hood asked me the other night, do you believe that somebody can be called to business? I said, Rod, as sure as I'm called to ministry, I guarantee you that God calls some to operate in the realm of business. No doubt. No doubt. And if you are called to business and you're trying to be a pastor, you're not going to succeed. And vice versa. Over time, here's some questions for you. Am I walking in my calling vocationally? Here's some questions for you. What do you desire? What gives you energy? What gets your internal motor running? What do you have, in other words, that gives you a passion what is it that gets that internal motor running and gives you energy? That's what passion is. What is it that you connect with? You know that you know that you know that this is something you are here to do. 
here's some, here's some follow-up questions. Where is it that God has given you spiritual ability to do? You say, how would I know that? Results. Sooner or later, over time, over time, where God has chosen you, there will be some results. If He has given you His ability, at some point there will be some results. You're not going to keep on sowing without eventually reaping. Where is it that God has given you ability and results? And next, where is it that God has given you opportunities? One of the things that when I entered my seventh decade, Scott, the Lord made it very clear to me that He did not want me to just get comfortable in what I was doing, where I was, that He moved me out into a new assignment that has been overwhelming at times. I didn't know what I was doing. Can I tell you something? Dina read this to me today. People who retire at 65 and do nothing else but entertain themselves, seven out of eight of them died before they were 75. People who kept on doing what they did to some measure, you have to make some adjustments, right? But people who kept on being productive at 75, seven out of eight of them were still living. God created you, redeemed you, and called you to bear fruit. Not just for every day to be how you're going to entertain yourself. Amen? Amen. Amen. Where do you have opportunities and where is God showing you, I've got some new ground for you to to, to take. There are more more examples of people like the the Abrahams and the, the, uh, oh my goodness, the Moses, so many examples, the Caleb's, of people who were actively called out by God to take on new challenges, many of them in their 80s. Yeah, but that was then, this is now. Well, God hadn't changed. And if you're still here, and you are still able to do something, even if it's just to pray. Look, you can shake heaven and earth by just praying. Let's get our focus off ourselves. onto, okay, what is my assignment? I want you to get that word. Everybody say it with me. Assignment. People say, well, do I have a calling or a not? You don't have to decide whether or not you have a calling. You just need to know what your next assignment is. And I believe God is leading many of us 
to go into an assignment that we're not familiar with that he is leading us to do for his own glory. If all we do is hold on to the familiar, we are going to miss what God is doing. And I want to remind you of something. He who gave you the anointing, what's the anointing? The supernatural ability. He who gave you the anointing to succeed where you were or where you are can give you the anointing to succeed where he leads you. If he's not, you don't have any business trusting him. He's almighty God. So don't just assume that you know all there is to know about his assignments. Let me ask you something. You remember the scripture, didn't you, that Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen. You know, he also said, now you're a great student of the Bible, Senator John. You've also read many times that I only do those things I see my father doing. He said it, didn't he? Right? All right, so here's a question for you. All of us know that Jesus had a three-year ministry on the earth. Yes or no? How many of you know for 30 years he grew up working for his daddy in the carpenter shop? So when he was sweeping the carpenter shop floor, was he being obedient to the Father or not? I only do those things I see my father doing. So now, see, that's a good word for some of us. God sweeps floors. When Jesus made a mud pack, spat on the ground, made a mud pack, and put it on a man's eyes, what was he doing? What he saw the father doing. So sometimes the father is going to ask you to do something that you think is trivial. Washing these dishes, doing these clothes, sweeping this floor, driving down this highway, doing this little menial thing can't be a God-given assignment. Oh, yes, it is. Jesus did what the world would say, menial things, for 30 and ministered for three. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Nothing you're assigned to do is wasted nothing nothing Jake is wasted some of you think you're off track God not telling you anything everybody listen to me people say pastor how do I know the will of God how do I know if the Lord's speaking to me in the absence if you're a believer and you're seeking the Lord that's the caveat if you're a believer and you're seeking the Lord listen now listen back there In the absence of revelation, do the obvious. In the absence of revelation, do the obvious. Why, God hadn't given me the grand scheme of what I'm supposed to do. Really? Were you supposed to get up and get dressed today? Were you supposed to get in a vehicle and come to worship with your body of Christ? Well, that's the will of God.
whether Jesus was healing the sick or spitting on the ground, he was obeying the Father. Nothing is more holy than anything else when you're walking in obedience to the one who loved you and called you. That's holy. Amen? So we have a calling. Find where you have a God-given advantage and trust God to put you in your next place of service. Connect with your covering. Find your calling, connect with your covering. You say, Pastor, we, we're already doing that. Listen, fifth, people listened to these messages in 50 countries last year. So you're not all I'm speaking to. Find your covering. Find that place where the Spirit of God connects you and tells you to be a part of a faith family, to be under the teaching and the ministration of the Word of God, under the worship and the prayer covering of a group of saints. Find where that covering is. The Word says that we are to honor and walk in humble respect to those who are over us in the Lord. If you were to go to God and say, Father, reveal to me who is over me in the Lord. Do you have an answer? And if you do have an answer, are you connecting with that covering? It's a powerful thing. It's a game changer. I walked without it for many years, but once God showed me, He opened my eyes and I connected with it, it changed everything about my life and my ministry, everything. Find your spiritual covering. And last, identify your core. Did you know that God has a core that is key to your success? A core group of people. Do you hear me? Don't seek the multitudes. Seek the core. You say, how do you get that? Do you know that God even chose to reveal himself in three persons? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are real tight. You ever thought about the power of three? You ever thought about why the scripture over and over again talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You ever, talk about, you ever thought about why Moses had Moses, Aaron, and Hur? Have you ever thought about out of, the, out of the circle, that tight-knit circle of 12 that Jesus called, constantly in the New Testament there's reference to Peter, James, and John. So here's what I would ask you. Do you have a tight core of believers that you can connect with, you can confide in, who will love you regardless of what they see or know about you, who will encourage you and pray for you and walk with you regardless of what you're going through. A core. You succeed by knowing your calling, connecting with your covering, and staying in connection with your core. Who might that be in your life? 
Can I tell you something? Unless the Holy Spirit tells you, well, I'm bringing somebody new in there, and he may do that. Don't start there, though. Start with who has been with you for a while. Who do you trust with all your heart? Who has walked with you a long time? One reason why this man has a leadership in our church is because he's been with me 20 years, and he didn't leave me when I was struggling and had some pain. One reason why I constantly pray for and exalt Jeremiah and Jean Castile is because for 20 years they have considered and stuck with me as spiritual children and let me know what's going on in their life. They don't hide from their covering. Where's your core? Are you faithful to it? You want to succeed? Find your calling. Connect with your covering. And stay connected to your core. It's a powerful principle. Powerful. Many of you are getting more revelation of that. And I praise the Lord for it. Sheridan Joe. God's going to bring you through this. He is going to connect you at a level with your calling unlike anything you've ever seen. He is going to use you more to help people who are going through difficulties. He's going to show you greater fruit than you have ever borne in your life and ministry. When you get through this season of suffering, people are going to trust you more because they know you're real. And they know you're not exempt from their pain. Walk in that calling. Stay under your covering. You see, you felt the power of that today, didn't you? Spiritual leadership. And God will reveal to you that core that is key to your success. Everybody has it. You may not have discovered it yet, but here's my prayer for you. God, open our eyes that we may see that we have more than enough resources already in place for any challenge or assignment that would come against us. Let's all stand. Thank you for your faithfulness. Next Sunday will be a powerful day as we honor the high, high calling of motherhood. What a high calling. This Mother's Day, I pray you'll be here. We honor you. Everybody say this with me, please. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Father, that you have called me as your child. I want more intimacy with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your heart. I want to see your face. I want to know what you're telling me. I want to go where you're sending me. Forgive me for not being obedient to your assignments. Open the eyes of my heart 
that I may see that I have an assignment from you every day and I will joyfully receive it and obey you. Show me greater than ever my covering, my core, that I may walk like that servant in the scriptures today who had his covering and had that core of victory all around him. In Jesus' name. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.